I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And this is Throttle On, the podcast about all things ATV, UTV, and off-road. Today on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about the new machines that have come out in the last month or so. Both Casey and I have had the opportunity to drive both the Maverick Trail and the Wolverine X4. We're going to deep dive into those new machines, what we thought. We'll cover a little bit in the news and also another riding destination, another adventure you guys can join us in in taking. The best place to start would probably be to dive into the new machines that have come out in the last month or so. Casey, you want to take the Can-Ams? Absolutely. Uh, These new 2018 machines from Can-Am Uh, The first one that we want to go over is the all-new Maverick Trail. And this machine is the first foray into the 50-inch trail segment that Can-Am has ever released. And it's really an interesting machine because it takes kind of a new thinking to this segment. It has a little bit longer of a wheelbase than a traditional 50-inch wide machine has included. And it also comes in two different variations, which I think that Can-Am hit the nail on the head with this machine because it uh, handles trails a little bit different than the other offerings in the segment. And it's a good different because it really is just fun to drive. It's got a lot of creature comforts that are involved with the interior. And overall, we really, really enjoy it. So the other one that we ran into was the Textron new offering. You want to dive into the Havoc a little bit there, Josh? Yeah, we knew this one was coming because they talked about it all the way back in March or April when Textron officially purchased Arctic Cat, which is still just mind boggling to me. Um, but the Havoc takes the Stampede and puts a bigger engine in it, long travel suspension, gives it more sport and a sportier like look to the package. Mm-hmm. But it definitely, you know, Textron is wanting to play in all the different segments and in the UTV area. And this is going to be a sport, really a sport recreation utility merge. Uh, I know that sounds crazy when I think about it, but it's got a hundred horsepower. It's, I don't remember what the travel numbers are, but they're impressive. It's got 13 inches of ground clearance. That's the kind of suspension King shocks, which are big in the off-road world that no other manufacturer uses, um, you know, in the UTV ATVs. So uh, it's, you know, a really interesting machine. I'm anxious to get behind the wheel and kind of see what it's about. Mm-hmm. But, Me too. Uh, you know, I, I don't remember exactly when the, it'll hit showroom floors, but we'll have pictures and links on the show notes for this episode. You guys can read more about it you know, in the, in our different media outlets. Absolutely. I'm excited for this one. Uh, just for all the different things that you mentioned and the fact that it's really an evolution for Textron. And I think it's going to usher in a new era for them uh, leading into 2018, where they've told us that they're going to release a couple more machines yeah. later uh, next year. We, we have the Wildcat X, right? Mm-hmm that it's coming out and it's supposed to be like a super sport. Like it's supposed to be competitive uh, up against, you know, the, the high end. Right. Maybe I don't know that it has a turbo engine. I think it has a three, a three cylinder engine in it. It's what I read somewhere. Mm -hmm. And who knows what the ultimate, like once they actually release it, what it will be, what other tweaks they made. But uh, that's coming up here in 2018 right after the first of the year, I believe, is what they've been saying. Yep, exactly. And I think they've uh, they promised another another sport machine too. But uh, it's really interesting too because the Havoc, as you mentioned, it has all of the towing ability and everything that a traditional uh, recreation or, uh, sorry, utility UTV would have. Yeah. And, I mean, it can tow 2,000 pounds, which is crazy with King Sharks on it. So, obviously, they've, they've worked some magic with, in the suspension department. And then um, also infuse this kind of recreation side of it um, as well. And then they claim it can go off-road. So yeah, I know I speak for both of us when I say that we are looking forward to testing it and yeah. giving you guys the uh, the ultimate review for it. So Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, also, uh, on the Can-Am side, and we're just going to hit on these briefly. If you want to know more information, 
we'll put that in the show notes and link to that uh, because we've done write-ups on these different Can-Am units. But they've come out with a Defender that's a mud version. So it's it's got snorkels on it and it's got mud, real mud bog tires on it. So that's happened. Uh, they've also come out with more or less a rock crawling version of the Maverick X3. And we're going to touch on, you know, besides the way it looks, both the mud version of the Defender and the, and the X3 rock crawling version has a new diff lock system, a differential from Can-Am. And it is the first time they put anything like this out there. Frankly, I think it's a great step in the right direction. But Absolutely. It, it allows you to lock the front diff in and really send power to both those front wheels with the, you know, the push of a rocker switch rather than letting the Viscolock system do all the thinking for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And like you said, it's integrated in both of these and it, it's got uh, what Can-Am says is four different modes and you can choose between traditional two-wheel drive. You've got your four-wheel drive that's fully locked. Um, but that fully locked feature has both uh, two different kind of modes uh, built into that side where they have the trail mode and then the rock mode. And the rock mode has a fully locked front diff. And that is the component that is all new to this X3. And really, that's what makes it such a true capable machine in the rock crawling segment. No one, not not no one, uh, Can-Am in, in specific has not had that functionality before um, and it was really a hindrance to the guys who like to go for you know, rock crawling and um, just do some of the more gnarly stuff that's that's found um, either in the mud or in the southwest deserts and that kind of stuff so it's going to be a neat feature um, for a lot of different people and hopefully this makes its way down into more vehicles as uh, the years progress as well yeah now we know a guy um, with utvguide.net um, John Crowley, he has one of these as a demo unit and it's pretty specific. Like the X3 rock crawling version is, is pretty specific to doing that task. And he is a rock crawling guy. So we'll put a link in that in the show notes. Um, if you guys want to see a review or more information about that particular X3 model. We'll give, uh, we'll point you guys to someone who knows what they're talking about in this realm. <laughs> and as of yet, we haven't driven it, so we don't know. Right. We're, we're on the list. So we should be able to, uh, we should be able to give a full review here coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go on and move into, we, Casey and I both recently had the opportunity to head out to Utah to drive the new Maverick trail. And this is kind of why we didn't go into a whole lot of detail here a second ago because we've had the opportunity to drive this new Maverick trail. And, uh, so we thought we would give you guys a good picture of what this machine is, what it's not and the highlights and maybe some things that we would do a little bit differently or change on it. But, um, so we'll go into that. We've both written reviews on it already. You can catch those in the November issue of UTV sports and the November, December issue of UT or ATV and UTV escape magazine. <laughs> I can't even think about my own media outlet. That's funny. Um, you, you guys could tell we laugh at ourselves all the time. That's what makes it fun. Yep. So why don't we just dive into this thing? Um, and I, I'll just take the opportunity to go first. Absolutely. I, I really like the fact that Can-Am jumped into the 50 inch market. So far you've had really, and I'm going to specify this on the recreation side of the 50 inch market side by side, you really only have two choices up until now you have Textron off-road or a wildcat trail, or you have the Polaris razor 50 inch, the trail version of that. Uh, yeah. Some of you will say, well, we have the Honda pioneer 500. Yes. Totally agree with that, but it's more utilitarian than it is really recreation. It'll do both, but it's more on the utilitarian side. Right. And, and what, you know, Can-Am says the market is only about 10%. Side-by-side market is really for the 50-inchers. But there are tons of people out there that need a 50-inch capable side-by-side. 
They don't want to ride an ATV for for whatever those reasons are, but they want something they can re- recreate that handles those 50 inch limited trails. And so seeing K&M is going to offer something in that is really good. I think for the industry in general, now we have more choices and, and they've done a great job with it. I mean, they really, really, really have done a great job with it. I, the more I have thought about riding that machine, the more I like it. What do you think? No, absolutely. I, I second those opinions and, and really they took what, was uh, needed in the industry and what was best out of the machines that were already there and molded it together to make this Maverick trail. Um, doesn't, doesn't hurt that the, the fact that they had some design, uh, you know, some people beforehand uh, that had worked on the other machines to, to help them too, uh, which is always fun uh, part of the industry and stuff. But at the same time, Maverick trail, uh, I'm a guy that's, you know, I'm six, three. How tall are you, Josh? Five, seven, with hiking boots on. Perfect. See, that's awesome. So we got a good height difference here. And I can tell you that from his perspective and from my perspective, I'm sure uh, that we were both comfortable in this machine. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the fact of the matter is you can slide the sleep forward. It's got plenty of room in the cab. And really that comes from that stretch and wheelbase. And I believe if I'm not mistaken and correct me if I'm wrong, that it's 92.6. It's 90.6. 90. Oh, yeah, man. I was trying to give an extra. You were close. Darn it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> 90.6 is still significant in that fact. And, and really, um, it, it does feel a little bit longer when you're on the trail, but yeah, it does. it's really fun because you can, you can hustle this thing. On wide open trails, whether you've got, um, you know, because a lot of the stuff, let's, let's be real here. So the, <laughs> the, most of the forest areas that you're going to go to, they have the 50 inch trails, but to get to those 50 inch trails, there's going to be a 60 inch trail, or there's going to be a wide open fire road. Well, the Maverick trail is unique in the fact that it really does well on the wide open fire roads. It does really well on the 60 inch trails because of the way that it's set up. It's got a very neutral weight balance. I think it's 4258 front rear. Yeah. And you know, that's that in and of itself gives you uh, and plus the low seating position. So you feel like you have a really low center of gravity. Like I said, you can hustle this thing around the corners and you can set it up. It handles well. It's got great turn in. It doesn't whip around on you. It doesn't feel like it's going to tip on you at all. Um, the, the weight balance is, is very good on this machine. So I think from, from a guy who comes from, you know, loving, to ride fast in the desert, but then I also love going slow and going over the rocks and stuff. This machine gives you that ideal balance. And when you couple that balance and the handling traits that it has with the uh, cargo capacity and the interior amenities, I mean, you get two glove boxes, you know, I mean, that's pretty rad right there. You know? Yeah. Well, it's got tons of interior storage. Not only do you have the two glove boxes, one above the instrument cluster, which is kind of interesting Right. Um, built in, but it's, it's like you said, it's a club box. It opens up and closes. Mm-hmm. And then you have in the center section of the dashboard, you have kind of an in, in, indented area that you can throw stuff up there and it should stay where it's at, you know? And then you have another glove box that's pretty deep. It holds a lot of stuff. Oh yeah. And a couple of cup holders that are kind of built into the, to the floorboards. Um, so you have as space, Inside space and a 50-inch goes, uh, storage-wise, you have quite a bit of space. Right. So, and on that subject, too, it's got full doors, right? And they've got accessories for the full doors that you can get bags, that kind of stuff. Um, I was surprised, and and I want to get your thoughts, too, but I was surprised at the fact that when I didn't have the full doors, it still had pretty good coverage. But if I was buying one, I would still want the full doors on this machine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't ride the cargo net version. Okay. But the guys that did, it was a very muddy day when we were there. (laughs) It was after Casey's group went first. This is very typical on press intros where they bring in different groups of people. And so Casey went a couple of days before me and literally froze to death or almost to death. It was very cold. It snowed. And then when we got there, it was a little bit warmer on ride day. There was still some snow on the trail, but it was really muddy and mud was everywhere. And the guys that had the cargo nets were surprisingly clean 
where those cargo nets were catching the mud. And I think it has really good splash protection in general. But those of us who had doors, there was not a thing um, inside the cab, period. Or on your shoulders, which I feel like a lot of side-by-sides, it throws that mud backwards and it seems to hit the machine right at your shoulder. And that was not an issue on the on the trail. I didn't have mud on me at all. So, uh, you know, for me, I would absolutely spend the extra dollars to get the 1,000 engine. We haven't covered this, but you can get an 800 engine, has cargo nets. You get the 1,000 engine, you get several things, but you get full doors, full half doors. Right. And for me, I would get the engine, uh, yes, but I'd get the engine so I could have those doors. Right. It is amazing. We did drive both of them and the 800, it, you know, I, I said this in the article is the fact that 800 was surprising to me because I would buy it because of the fact that there wasn't a massive difference in the power output. But at the same time, obviously more power is always, is always more fun. <laughs> and the thousand went slow, slower on the, on the, uh, I didn't mean it as in a bad way of going slow, but anyways, the, the, uh, the 1000 goes slower, just like the 800, whether you're rock crawling and, you know, going on tight trails and stuff, just as easy as the 800 does. So there's really not a, a negligible difference there. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't find that I would rather have the 800 on one of the trails. We took the thousand out on a, literally a 50 inch trail and absolutely had a blast out there, uh, ripping around. And, you know, even, I would say there was only one spot where we had to actually make a three-point turn. And granted, I mean, unless you were on a quad, you were going to have to make a three-point turn in any side-by-side on that because it was a full-on 180 on the side of a hill, you know, and you got three trees on each different side. And it, I mean, it was, it was tight. Let's put it that way. So yeah, still fun. Great test for this machine, but you know, it definitely uh, makes it to where you got to pay attention on these different trails and, um, and you're enjoying the power as you're going along. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, like I said, I, I didn't drive the 800 version. I had a 1000 version and I really, really, really liked that. Just that power that the 1000 offers where, and, and not only that, but it sounds divine. The engine on that <laughs> sounds divine. And I didn't, I can't speak to the 800 if it sounded as good. I doubt it does. Uh, but it's just the, the, the guttural rumble to that 1000 engine. And it wasn't overpowering, but when you want to have fun in it and you want to throw it into a corner and, and power slide it, it does it effortlessly. Right. I was really impressed. I like the throttle control on it. Something else to note you know, on the 800 and 1000, you can get it with power steering or without. And all I'll say is get power steering. Like if you're going to spend the money to get a side-by-side in present day, get power steering. Right. It's the best dollars you can spend to make your experience on it much more pleasurable, whether you do it for fun or for work. Anyway, that said, the DPS version gives you two extra things. Uh, It gives you the ability to, it gives you power steering, obviously it's dynamic. So it adjusts for speed. I thought the feedback on it was excellent. Yeah. Um, I, I like this one better than the X3 version. To be yeah. Honest. And I, I haven't driven the X3, but I, of the power steering that's out there, this is very light steering, but it still offers some feedback. Right. Um, but on the rocks and such, I felt like, and we, we took some pretty, as Casey would say, gnarly stuff. Um, some real rocky trails and I never felt like the front end into the steering wheel. I did not feel the jolts of hitting those rocks, even at high speed. I was surprised at how good it was. Yes. And and I was talking to the K&M guys afterwards. We were hustling it down this fire road and we had two quads with us and we were the only Maverick trail in the group. And it was amazing to me because 99% of the people who uh, buy this Maverick Trail are probably never going to go as fast as all of us were. But at the same time, we were, um, we were, we were just having so much fun with it. 
um, that we noticed that it actually, I think we could have taken a quarter turn out of the steering itself um, just because it was a little bit slow for really going around corners fast and, and being able to correct. But at the same time, like we said, 99% of people aren't going to go that fast. So it's not, it's not like it was a big deal. You know, I think uh, what I'm trying to say is that for the mass market here, Can-Am nailed it right on the head uh, with the overall feel of the steering and the uh, turning radius and everything. Yeah. With yeah. It. I didn't feel like it pushed in the corners despite the wheelbase. No, um, no, I was surprised. I thought I it was like, I call it a point and shoot scenario where you turn the wheel and it goes the direction you're pointing it in. And some machines don't do that. I thought this one, I thought this one did, and it's got sway bars in the front and the rear. You can go into a corner and this thing really does stay flat. If you want to drive aggressively, it did Mm -hmm. not feel like it was going to tip over. It never felt even on some different like side Hills. It felt extremely stable, which is what I want in something that's 50 inches wide. Right. And we were driving it on those flat roads and two wheel drive and just absolutely having a blast. Um, even, you know, you can flick it around yeah, and it feels stable. You know, you don't even have to have it in four wheel drive, which was amazing to me on those kind of hard pack, uh, a little bit of loamy dirt, um, on the fire roads. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just, I will say that as fun factors go on side by sides, I didn't feel like it lacked a fun factor just because it was 50 inches. And I feel that way in some of the other ones. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you can't just, you can't push it quite as hard as you can a wider side by side. This one, it felt like it wanted to go faster than I was going. Right. You know, and that's what, right. And that's what you were mentioning with the suspension and the overall that 90.6 yeah. inch wheelbase and stuff. I mean, all of that comes together. Now, the the funny thing is we, we always like to talk about the things that we love and, and uh, there's also times when there's a couple things that yeah. we didn't so love about this machine and, and one of them, and you said it perfectly in your video that's on the ATV Escape YouTube channel, but it's it's got that real short overhang for the rear bed and the rear tires actually stick out past that. Yeah, something like, I kind of, about three inches. Right. It's, it's significant. Crazy. And, it's significant. Right. So you, and you said it perfectly because uh, something about the, the fact that the mud literally covers the rear taillight. Yeah, you can't, right? to the point where you can't even see the taillight. Right. So it must yeah. have been an afterthought or a design little thing or something happened there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There were, that was probably the number one thing that I noticed about it that just didn't make sense to me. Um, and there's so much about it. There's so much about it that I love. And in fact, this is the 50 inch I would, I would choose to buy. Right. There's so much about it. That's excellent. Even though, you know, it's, it's interesting to see some of the feedback I had from the video review. I did a lot of people were concerned like on the fact it's 50 inch width and the doors, it's a little cramped. I don't, myself, granted, I'm short. I get that. I didn't feel all that cramped. And I spent the majority of the time having a passenger when I was driving. Um, I felt the door was kind of an armrest, which worked most of the time. You know, obviously when we were going through a bunch of mud at speed, I wasn't hanging my elbow out, out of the cab, which not only would be stupid from a rip my arm off standpoint, but also being covered in mud. I felt like it was easy to rest my arm up there in such a way that I wasn't cramped and I wasn't bumping shoulders with the passenger. Um, and the feedback I've had from a couple of people that have now bought one is the same thing. Like you notice it's 50 inch and you notice that that door is pretty, uh, up and down, you know, it's, it's pretty perpendicular to the ground in order to keep it 50 inches wide. That said, the cab is pretty roomy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and something else I was going to come back to the suspension on it is ridiculously good in general, as far as the ride itself, the ride was excellent, excellent, excellent. I was not expecting it to be able to push it so hard over rocks at, at some pretty decent speed. And the faster you went, the better it got. Um, right. I was not expecting that. 
So as a whole, I think that this is an you know, Ken Am knocked the ball out of the park as a fifty inch side by side goes. Absolutely. And there's you know, there's one, yeah, and there's one uh thing that I I was forgot about to mention earlier, but the drivetrain in this machine was uh, borrowed, not not necessarily borrowed, but uh, for lack of a better term, it was borrowed from the Defender lineup. And what that means is it's a really good thing because that drivetrain that's in that Maverick Trail is built to handle a lot more than the Maverick Trail uh, that chassis can handle. I mean, that drivetrain was built to handle 2,000 pounds of towing, um, you know, a big payload, all that stuff. And the Maverick Trail can't handle those kind of payload and towing numbers, but they they infused it with that kind of power so that it provides reliability for the long term. I don't know if you noticed this, but for me, the other thing that kind of caught my attention as being so, so good was the belt engagement. And yes. And and, and this coupled with the engine braking. Like there there was no the way the belt engages, it feels almost like a hydraulic transmission. Yes. Um there is no jerk. There is no notice that it's engaging. It's just you can feather the throttle from a standing start and it just feels like a car. It's really, really, really good. Yes. I I really enjoyed it. In low or high. Yeah. Well, even high it takes off smooth. I was yeah. impressed. Yeah, and and again and the other one was the engine braking on it yes. was ridiculously good. The, the thing that I've noticed on a lot of engine braking systems is when you're going up and down stuff and you let off the throttle and then you get back on the throttle, there's a jerk to that. And this one did not have that. You get off the throttle and it, you start decelerating in a gentle way and then you put it on a, on a pretty decent decline and it'll walk down it without even having to mess with the brakes. I thought it was outstandingly dialed in. No, absolutely. I, I did too. And I liked how uh, Can-Am actually, I, I'm pretty sure anyways, but I'm pretty sure they they calibrated this electronic throttle a little bit differently than say the electronic throttle in the X3. The X3 is good, but at the same time, when you let off the throttle really fast and you're going into a corner and you not necessarily slam on the brakes, but you're, you're depressing the brakes a little bit. And then you get back on, you pick back up on the throttle. Well, there's a lag in there and it's because for a number of reasons, but um, it's really because they want to save the belt and they want to save the drivetrain components. And I appreciate that. At the same time, when you get into a competitor's vehicle, there is no lag. And if you are driving right, you're not going to, you're not going to kill a belt in that sense. So I understand why Can-Am did this, but I think they changed it over to where it's not, as that that lag is not as noticeable in the Maverick Trail, and it really makes a difference. Like you can you can hustle it as we were talking about earlier, and you're not going to notice all of the lag when you pick back up the throttle and you're depressing the brakes hard into a corner. Um, it's it's almost instantaneous. There's a little bit of lag, but it's it's almost instantaneous, and it really that that part makes it a lot of fun to drive too. Yeah, yeah, and I think that right there is a great summary. Uh, it's recreational. It should be fun to drive. This is a lot of fun to drive. Exactly. You know? Um, so uh, overall, I, I really think Can-Am did an outstanding job at putting a package together for a 50-inch side-by-side that is just really a knock-it-out, knock knock-it-out-of-the-park kind of machine. Absolutely. And you'd buy it, right? Yes. I In the 50-inch market, I would buy this one. Perfect. I really so Can Am's got two fans over here. Yeah, both of us would buy it. Well, it's interesting, um, and we we really want you guys to give us feedback, and we'll get into the different ways you can give us feedback here later. But I did a full you know video review of this thing from that trip, and to see some people's comments on the review and what I thought, and the good and the bad, and I had several people who pointed out and agreed with some of the things that I said that were good and the, and bad. And, you know, people went out and bought it and came back and made comments on, yeah, the ride was, is excellent. Like it's ridiculously good. Engine braking, ridiculously good. Um, 
as well as the, we don't understand why the tires sit so far back from the back <laughs> of the, of the cargo bed, right? you know, and, but, but people's reaction as they've gone out and either bought them or driven this particular uh, machine has been really positive as a whole. It's been really positive. So um, I won't deny that I'm crazy, but I'm not crazy on what stood out to me on this. And, uh, you know, we want those comments, especially once you guys go out and either drive them or buy them. What do you like? What do you not like? You know? Right. So, okay. So wrapping this up, top two things that you liked about Maverick Trail. I would say the overall handling of it was one of my favorites and that interior space um, between the adjustable seat, adjustable steering wheel, and that glove box on the inside. I know I just gave you like five different things, but anyways, they were That's all okay. my favorites. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say the 1000 engine and just the way the drivetrain and the CVT work together to give, right uh, it's a symphony going on with the way they work together. There you go. You know, like there you go. I did not write that ahead of time. I promise <laughs> it came to me. So I love that. And I would also say in total agreement with you, just the way it handles is very recreational, very fun. Right. Okay. Two things you didn't like. Oh man. Uh, I would still take a quarter turn out of the steering if it was me. And the other one, Hmm. That's tough to think about. Um, I don't know. I'd still like a front locking diff, I think in the, in the, uh, front but you're really yeah. you're really reaching for the stars on, on I know on I know I just I want that extra security if I'm going to take the thing rock crawling or I find a random tree that I got to get over and you know I have a winch but I I don't know like it's just not going to make that extra oomph to get over it yeah so, uh, I know it's more expensive but come on can let's go <laughs> put that put that smart lock technology in all your cars you know yeah it actually about it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to see if they do that um for me, I definitely would say the 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 wheels being further out yes. uh, of the cargo bed, uh, like you said, and I think a lot of seen a lot of this feedback. Kind of, it almost feels like it was an afterthought. Mm-hmm. But um, I would make a change on that to just extend that cargo bed out a little bit to keep the mud and the and everything the trail keep to keep the trail out of the cargo bed to the extent that it's going in there. Right. Uh, that would be my main, really my main one would be that. Right. No, I love it. That's a couple different things. So come on, Can-Am. Let's go. I know <laughs> it's the first model year, but you can do it, people. For the Maverick Trail, we mentioned that we went up to the Utah Mountains. And specifically, we went just east about two hours of Salt Lake City to this place uh, in this staying area called Bear River Lodge. And I'm sure Josh can attest too, but this was a phenomenal riding area, not only because of the top-notch accommodations that Rare River Lodge has, but also because of the 400 miles of open trails that you can (laughs) ride from, right from the lodge. Yeah. It was crazy. And and I think, uh, you know, we didn't stay, so we, of course, um, they they gave us the, the, the biggest lodge or the cabin of all, you know, and stuff. So that was a great, great way for us to experience um, the accommodations that they have there. But in all, all in all, we were able to see the, uh, the one bedroom, the two bedroom and these big five bedroom um, houses and either one of them, all of them make for a great stay in this area. And it's, it's also the last part of the road that you have to go on to access uh, these trails essentially uh, before it gets snowed out in the winter time. So essentially what I'm saying is that you can access this Bear River Lodge all year round, whether you like the off-road trails or the snowmobile stuff yeah. in the winter time as well. So I really enjoyed it. Um, I think all in all, uh, there's, I don't know, like I said, the, the trails there are phenomenal. I mean, not only for the Maverick Trail for us to experience them on, but um, let's, uh, let's dive into a little bit more of what you experience between the 60 inch, the 50 inch, and then also those wide open fire roads as well. 
Yeah, the uh, yeah, I, I think it's important. Like as a writing destination, I always ask myself, is it worth the drive to get there? Are there enough trails? If I'm gonna mm-hmm. if I'm gonna drive, like in my case, I'm basically in the Dallas Texas area. Casey's out in the Arizona area. Um, <laughs> couldn't right. be more different riding right there. Right. Exactly. Um, Casey's really in a perfect place to be able to access all kinds of different terrain. Me, I have to drive a long way. Um, but would I be willing to drive all the way to Utah and make it worth the drive to be able to ride? And the answer is yes. I mean, you're talking 400 plus miles. And yeah, it's worth driving a long ways. You can make a whole, really, you could make a 10 day vacation out of it if you wanted to. Right. Um, Not to mention you could ride some other areas in that area. But if you wanted to just go to one location and camp um, right off some of these trails, or if you want to stay in the lodge or whatever you want to do, it's worth the drive because there's tons of places you can ride up there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, and the terrain is, is all kind, like you said, it's, you think from fire roads to 50 inch tight trails to very rugged trails. Um, and we wrote a lot of stuff that's not 50 inch. In fact, I think what my riding, we only went one place that it was 50 inch restricted. Everything else was just, you could take whatever you could fit down it Mm -hmm. and you could easily fit down the 60 inch you know, machines. And, and for the most part, I thought you could probably get the 62 and 64, though I would choose a 60 inch to ride that stuff. I wouldn't choose a 64 as my first go-to. But the terrain is very diverse. You've got in forest stuff. You've got trail trails. You've got more open trail road type stuff. And then you have those fire roads. They're just open. Lots of trees, lots of, change of, uh, you know, elevation, uh, phenomenal riding as riding goes, it would be a great place to go have a real adventure. Right. We went from crossing streams and rivers to oh, that's going fun. up to 12,000 yeah. feet to, uh, like you said, riding that 50 inch trail. And those are all within a couple miles of each other, you know? And then, I mean, that was just the, the cusp of this. I mean, we, we, uh, we got a chance to, actually take an aerial view of this entire area. Yes, we did. And holy smokes, man. I mean, you can, you can ride forever, but then, you know, we were watching the other guys, um, you know, drive around, uh, on the, on the trails in the Maverick trail. And not only did they look like little ants going through there, but at the same time, I mean, holy crap, you know, we were watching how they were going, like Josh said, through the 60 inch trails. And then also, some of them were out in another group over on the more hard pack, wide open forest roads. And those forest roads led way back farther than we could see from the air, uh, you know, over into the next mountain range and stuff. So um, 400 miles is no joke is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I was looking at the maps of that forest and I was thinking it's more than 400 miles. Yeah, I believe like, it. You know, I mean, 400 probably official and lots of little connectors and, it's that that's the kind of writing that I live for is right. that kind of, I mean, and it's remote. I mean, you, <laughs> it's remote area, right? You better um, be prepared when you go. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And they, you know, they have, they have a little town in there. Um, there's definitely no big hospitals or anything like yeah. that. So <laughs> preparation is good. Yeah. 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 And, and the lodge itself has a little kind of a little general store Yep. that, you know, I mean, you, you can get some stuff. I forget how far down that town was. Probably an hour, I would think. Right. To get to the closest town. And, um, you know, you also can rent machines at the lodge. Be it snowmobiles or or ATVs and side-by-sides. So if you wanted to, to fly into Salt Lake, drive through park, um, go up there. What was it? About two hours, probably two and a half hours from Salt Lake City to the lodge. It was about two and a half hours, I would think. Or a 30 minute flight. Yeah. Or a 30 minute helicopter ride, which bucket list check. Yeah. So, um, 
again, you could do it different ways, but you could fly in if you wanted, then rent your machines, ride for a weekend, fly back out. In fact, the guy who owns the lodge was telling me that he has people that'll fly all the way from the East Coast all the way to Salt Lake and then rent a car, come up there, ride for a weekend, go home, which is mm-hmm. really funny when you consider the cost um, right. for those of us who drive. But but it's cool that you can do that, you know? Right. It's cool that makes, you can do that. Right, exactly. He makes it really easy to yeah. do that, just like you said. I mean, whether you're going to rent off-road vehicles, they're going to have a whole plethora of Maverick trails there now um, for people to use. They're also, they've got a ton of snowmobiles. They actually have snow bikes as well, if you're into timber sled action and stuff. So are those types of um, dirt bike activities. So anyway, I mean, like Josh said, you can fly into Salt Lake, grab a rental car, head out for the two, two and a half hours it takes to get out there. Stay in the lodge. They got a restaurant there. They got fly fishing that's within walking distance of the, your front patio. Yeah, um, I will. Every single one. Uh, important yeah, to note about the fishing situation. Yeah, it's easy to walk down the hill, but give yourself some extra time to walk up said hill because you're already at elevation. Right. And for us Texans that have no elevation, I thought I was gonna need a ride. Yeah. <laughs> It was definitely steep. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. But it oh, it's just a gorgeous place. And again, for me, I, I, it goes on the list of like adventure trips. It's not just mm-hmm. going and riding for a day. You can go and ride for two weeks if you wanted mm-hmm. to. And I think, I think we mentioned you can do the camping thing. You can, or you can stay in a lodge or, you know, there, there's a lot of flexibility there. Exactly. Exactly. We'll put uh, the different contact information for Bear River Lodge in the show notes. And we'll also um, give you a little idea right now. I think it's bearriverlodge.com as well. I think that's right. We'll figure, we'll figure it out and put that in the show notes. And we'll, of course, what Casey's not saying is we'll link to the UTV sports November issue. You guys can see a lot of pictures and we'll throw up a photo gallery on one of you know, one of the sites and link exactly. to that. So you can see a bunch of photos from the area. Oh, I appreciate that. Yes. You know. There was a nice, uh, destination article in there, um, for yeah. River Lodge as well. So again, that's, I know we said it in our first episode, but for us, it's all about the adventure and, yep. you know, as Casey would say, living it up, yeah, he is the living it up do. guy. Um, <laughs> you know, so you hey. can check, you can check all that stuff out. And, uh, Hey, and if you go give Roger a call and go up there, let him know you heard it through us. Uh, we don't get anything from it other than just goodwill, but, uh, it's definitely worth the trip. I'll say that it's definitely worth the trip. Exactly. And we're going to be, we're both uh, planning our own trips back there on our own because it's just uh, like Josh said, it's a phenomenal place to ride. And each of us are about equidistance. I might be a little bit closer. Um, I think you're a little so. bit closer, my friend. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> it's okay. I'll beat you there and then we'll be, uh, yeah. I'll have all the machines ready. That's always a plus. Yeah. I think I figured it up from where I live. It's about a thousand miles. Yeah. That's, that's a good drive. That's a hefty yeah. one right there. So, so anyways, yep. Check it out. It's an awesome place to stay and we'll be, uh, we'll be going back up there. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's, hit uh, things that are kind of going on in the off-road world real briefly just yep. hit the tops of this you want to you want to be the one here absolutely yeah i mean uh there's a couple different events that are on our radar uh camp razor and the side-by-side adventure rally that happened in san hollow those have both already passed they were awesome events um if you didn't have camp razor glamis or camp razor east on your event calendar this year um we would Definitely recommend it for next year. They put on a great show, and there's a lot of fun stuff to do there. Same with the side-by-side adventure rally. Those are the same people that put on Rally on the Rocks in Moab every year. And Lance and the team there uh, really put together a great one um, at that Sand Hollow Reservoir. And there's a lot of varying terrain there that I would highly recommend that you check out, from sand dunes to rock crawls to everything you can imagine there. Um, it's a it's an awesome place, and you can bring your boat, which is really cool, and literally <laughs> camp on the beach. 
So we were talking about adventure. That's the ultimate adventure, right? There. <laughs> the other one uh, that's on our radar this week is uh, the Baja 1000. And this just happens to be the 50th running of this iconic race. And most people will know the Baja 1000 for the big trophy trucks and the high horsepower that's always been there. And also um, the VW classes that are just awesome and classic all in one breath. Uh, those guys are still running out there with a stock 1600 cc you know two inches of travel uh v-dub bug through all these <laughs> and stuff and i can only imagine I, that kind of adventure that cannot but, be pleasurable <laughs> yeah i think this is the longest race that they've uh well one of the longest um, editions of the baja 1000 i think it's right at 1340 something miles somewhere in there and yeah and they're they're talking about i mean they're starting on a thursday and they're not going to be finished until like midday on friday because the course while it's fast in some areas it is going to be rough and treacherous in a lot of the other areas um, for those of you who haven't seen baja or the videos highly recommend uh, googling that or youtubing it or anything just for to see some onboard footage from these cars i mean the stuff that they go through is phenomenal and the utv industry in particular has made a huge push um, in the score racing series and the best in the desert racing series and all of these different uh, genres, but especially down for this Baja 1000, being that it's the 50th edition um, of what Salfish had started many years ago, uh, it's really going to be an iconic race and one that people aren't going to forget when you go out and you win it. So <laughs> pretty cool. That's I think on. anyways, I wish I'm saying that in, in regards because I wish I was down there, but that's okay. You know, it is what it is. I, that's on my bucket list into, is to race in the, to race and just to finish. Yes. And one of the Bajas, Casey and I will have to do this and, uh, probably in a side by side, I would think, but I'll tell you what would make good TV would be, you can do it on your scooter. Yes. <laughs> you talk about living it up. Oh man. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, my, that would be some 40. Yeah. Oh man, a 125cc scooter. I'd have to probably put something other than slicks on it. We could come up with a dirt tire setup that would be pretty rad. I'm not going to lie. I think you might make it 100 miles. I think hey, maybe. Done. So you know what? Challenge accepted. I'm Challenge like 125. accepted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, yeah? I'm kidding. And I will support you. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine filming me going through a silt bed? I mean, come on. How great would that be? <laughs> yeah. The thing's yeah. buried up to the handlebars because I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i don't even Anyways. know what to say but anyway uh, hey you know what you'd be passing me in a uh in a utv no problem and then you'd have to pull me out and life would be just hunky-dory from there. yeah you no know, you could pull me the rest of the way that would be hilarious and hard to do but it'd be funny <laughs> well we'll see what we can work out on that deal yeah to be continued let's finish up with what we what we're going to be doing at the end of every podcast episode let's talk about what we're currently working on like right now and i i think that i will take this opportunity to go first because mine's pretty boring do it um yeah but right. i am i've already filmed it but i'm putting together my wolverine x4 review video should be up on youtube in the next couple of weeks um, you guys can um can check that out and get a picture of uh, even more about that machine than what we've talked about that's there it. Go. That's all I got. I'm so excited to see it. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> no, seriously, because you, you'll be able to, uh, for, for those um, who haven't experienced the Brushy Mountain Motorsports Park yet, you'll be able to experience that too, which I'm sure we'll have more information on in uh, the next podcast as well. So that'll be cool. Um, and for me, I am... You're the one that's super busy hey, right, you know, right now. Trying, trying to get it all um, finished up, but it's good. The uh, December issue of... UTV Sports is going to be out uh, in the first week of December, so I'm pretty darn excited about that. And today I'm going out, uh, actually in that issue, we're going to have um, a 30-inch tire test that's going to include seven or eight of the latest UTV, 30-inch UTV tires. Um, that's just nuts. There's, no yep. one can say that you don't go all out for the, hey. better, for the betterment of the off-road world. Thank you. Eight I appreciate that. Of tires and wheels to test. Yes, it's uh, it's going to be uh, a doozy, that's for sure. But I've got uh, we've got a photographer coming over today, and we're going to go out and see if we can shoot three or four of them. 
um, in a day and then uh, get our impressions and get it all down and you know go from there we'll we'll see what uh see what we think we've got a lot of good sets from a lot of different manufacturers whether it's uh, STI ITP um Arson Rates line we've got Walker Evans in there with their wheels we got GBC Motorsports um lots of different ones so yeah. wheel pros so it's exciting um it's definitely uh it's going to be a good test so I'm looking forward to putting it together cool and 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 I say that both from the standpoint of how many and how much work that is but I'm sure it'll be it'll be good and get to see all these different tires that are out there right now. It just, they just keep getting bigger, you know. The tire yeah. sizes just keep getting bigger, and it seems like more and more people are jumping in. You know, more and more companies have jumped into the side by side market. Right, and it's it's um, interesting because which makes a lot of them, sense, I guess. But right, and they're easy to to import. Uh, well, I shouldn't say easy, but they are one of the easiest accessories. Uh, to import and a lot of people need them. I will say that there's there's a reason that we stuck with the 30 inch um, instead of the 32 inch. A lot of people were giving us flack for uh, running the 30 inch, but at the end of the day, the, the that size in particular is still the most popular, and it's also one of the only ones that you really don't have to reclutch any machine. Um, 32s you typically don't have to reclutch, but at the same time, it's a good idea to, and we wanted to uh, bring in just to. Just a really a direct replacement um, article for these different machines, so it'll be that's, good. That's a good call. Um, well, thank and, you. And that's a, well, that that will have to be a whole episode of just talking tires and what's required. It's not as simple as just hey, I want the biggest tire on the market. Well, right. you you go that direction, you got to change other things, you know, and you can only go so big before you need to change other things. Right. And people don't realize the additional stress that it puts yeah. on the car and everything like that. And, you know, you got to, we talk a lot about belts and, and all that stuff, but it, you know, that's just one component that it puts stress on. Um, so like you said, we'll, we'll go into a full Yeah, that'll have to be, that. yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, well guys, that's we, it. we yep. really appreciate y'all uh, hanging with us. I hope you found this episode interesting. Tell people about us. I've, I'm Josh Arnold. And I'm Casey Cordero. And we'll sign off and look for us in the next couple of weeks with episode number three. We're really we're really getting up there in numbers already. Thanks, Thank guys. You. We appreciate it. Thank you.